and I open the door, and Alicia goes through, and out of nowhere, some lady is just there. And she goes through, and I walk up and get close to Alicia as we, we go up, and I stand by her, and I look around to see if, you know, the rest of our family made it. And I just put my arm out, and I start rubbing her back, and I look over, and it's the lady. <laughs> Hey, you're not my wife. Right. Yeah. Why are you standing by me? <laughs> hey, this isn't the right back. I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day, when I felt the way that I do right now, right now. I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day, when I felt the way that I do right now, right now, right now. Welcome to Mental Health Moment. I'm Emily, and today we have Darren with us, and I'm going to let him introduce himself because he knows more about himself than I know. Oh, I'm totally boring. <laughs> or not. <laughs> so, Darren, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, um, I was in broadcasting for 22 years, radio and television. Um, I then became a... Uh, certified consulting hypnotist, as well as uh, learned some other modalities and started my own practice. I had a number of clients that I would see on a regular basis. I'm also a ventriloquist. Cool. And then in um, 2010, my whole life changed. Mm. I uh, had a brain injury, and it changed everything. Changed the way I look at things changed the way I do things. My first brush with mental illness was, um, it was probably, I was probably six. Young. Young. And it was, it was Thanksgiving time and up in Idaho Falls, there was snow everywhere. Because Idaho. Exactly. And my mom would get up early, go for a walk. And on this morning, she came back much sooner than she normally did, and she looked very ill. And what had happened was a family um, one block over from us had a son that was institutionalized. They had, had some younger children, and they wanted their son to come home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. So against the doctor's better judgment, they released him to their care for a few days. And that night, he took a golf club and he killed them all. Oh, my word. And he cut off his mom's head and put it in a fruit basket and threw it out in the middle of the street. And that's when my mom went for her walk. Uh, The police were there. The fruit basket was gone, but there was an outline in the snow. Yeah. And remnants. Whoa. And that was the first time I really got the picture that sometimes things are a bit off in certain individuals. So I always thought that this guy, if he ever escaped, he'd probably come right back to my neighborhood. Oh. That always disturbed me. Mm-hmm. So, so at age six, you had a very traumatic introduction to mental health and and a very extreme introduction to exactly. mental health. Yes. I mean, it wasn't kind of this, well, my mom was sad a lot. It was, 
hey, this neighbor kid offed his family. Yeah. When your mental health journey started, was it with the brain injury or did it start before then? I would study the mind whenever I had the opportunity, but I never really had time to dedicate myself to it until um, 2008 because um, I got laid off like so many other people Mm -hmm. and trying to find uh, where I fit in this new world. I went through the training program, became certified, and really, really got involved again. In hypnosis. In hypnosis yeah. and mental illnesses uh-huh. and, you know, everything I could learn about the mind. Mm-hmm. It was fascinating. It was very, very cool. And I saw it from the side of trying to help those with mental illness. Mm-hmm. That's where I was. So more on that professional side instead of the more personal, this is my own stuff. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Then everything changed. Yeah. And I I jumped over on the other side of the fence. Tell me about that. It was uh, November of 2010, and I lost my mind. Mm. Literally, it was a Monday. Monday? It was a Monday or Tuesday. We'll say it was Monday. Normally, I I would take my younger daughter to high school. My older daughter was going to college in Rock Springs. And I I have no memory of that morning. Hmm. Apparently, I took her to high school, and then I met with a client, and then I came home. I I don't remember any of that. Hmm. And I didn't pick her up from high school. She waited, and she waited, and she came home. She walked all the way home. And I was just weird, she said. I whispered. I was whispering, and I I went outside on the porch to play guitar, but I didn't take my guitar. Um, I asked her if she was hungry, and so I fried up some eggs in Tupperware instead of a pan. Huh. And it melted all over the stove. Yeah. And then I, I, have, I remember just cracking the eggs on the unit itself. And then I don't remember anything else. Mm. Um, my wife at the time, uh, wife one, she came home and uh, saw how wrong things were. Yeah. And by that point, I couldn't even walk. And so they, they got me to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. And they were asking me, you know, do you know where you are? Do you know who the president is? Do you know? You know, they asked me all these questions. Yeah. And I got most of them wrong. I I was not where I thought I was. The president was not Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Um, so they admitted me. They did CAT scans and MRIs. And, yeah, they, they had my wife go get all my medications to make sure that I hadn't OD'd on something. Mm-hmm. And they brought him in. Everything looked fine. And they they kept me, and the next day when my wife came, they came to visit, I was gone. Mm. They'd moved me to ICU, and I was in restraints. Apparently, I'd escaped several times. Oh, I don't have any memory of that, but I guess I'm good at it. Like a Houdini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And so I was in restraints, and hallucinating, uh-huh. very and this severely. Is- the first time with hallucinations, yeah, this is 
no experience with any of that before. And apparently when a ventriloquist who's a hypnotist hallucinates, it's pretty entertaining. (laughs) I was throwing my voice to different parts of the room. Um, When the nurse would come in, I'd say, okay, now take a deep breath, count backwards from 10. She'd say, Mr. Griffin, we're not being hypnotized today. Hmm. And then for a while I thought Arnold Schwarzenegger was my roommate. Then I thought I was him. But they'd come in and, and I would uh, um, quickly run, don't take the beds, <laughs> run, get away. <laughs> you could hear me all the way down the hallway. You know, my family came to visit and they'd hear, <laughs> and they knew that I was awake. Yeah. You know? Then I, I went through a Sinatra phase, <laughs> but they, they couldn't figure out what was wrong. Um, I fought against the restraints and I got these big, huge wounds mm-hmm. on my, my ankles and my wrists. Mm-hmm. And finally they had their pharmacist go through, actually take the lid off of my pills oh. and go through and make sure all the meds were right. And he found that one of them had the wrong medication in it. I had gone to the pharmacy and f- refilled it just, just a couple of weeks earlier. And they had put the right label on the bottle, but put the wrong pills in the bottle. Wow. They had given me Parkinson's medication, a medication called benzotropine. And by following the dosage on the label, I, I poisoned myself. Wow. It was lethal doses that I was taking. Mm-hmm. And it built up in my brain until it just... Just... Popped. Popped. And it was like I'd had a stroke. Um, I didn't know, you know, anything. I lost my mind. Yeah. And so they talked to poison control, and they they created this little cocktail to detox me. And they would they'd shoot it in me, and then I would become coherent for about forty five minutes. Okay. And then I'd fade away again. Kelly said that was the hardest thing to watch my eyes start to glaze over and realize she was losing her dad again. Yeah. And this went on for several days, and then um, they felt it was out of my system, and they released me. And I got home, and I thought, uh, wow, I'm glad that's over. Mm. Then I realized it wasn't. And I got this yearly form that I've always taken care of before, and I couldn't read it. It meant absolutely nothing to me. The numbers were just lines. Mm. They had no meaning at all. And I realized that uh, the damage this medication did to my brain, mm-hmm. um, I, it, it damaged the area that does math and numbers. I lost uh, my ability to do any kind of mathematics, to understand numbers, um, any kind of... With the X? Mm-hmm. Like algebra? No. Time stable. Yeah. All that's gone. Yeah. It means nothing to me. Uh, eventually, I had to close my business because I couldn't schedule. I couldn't keep up with... I, I just couldn't... I didn't have the capacity yeah. to run things anymore. The medication hit my brain kind of like a, it just, like a shotgun. It just peppered different areas, okay. mostly in my left hemisphere. It affected... Um, 
just my 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 speech centers uh, my balance mm-hmm. um, so I went to a psychiatrist and a psychologist and they diagnosed me with um, bipolar mm-hmm. one which is bipolar with hallucinations yeah. um, post-traumatic stress disorder um, adult onset ADD because it, yeah, because it rewired my brain and my attention span is nothing mm-hmm. anymore. I used to read for hours and hours. Now I can do about three minutes. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, severe anxiety, depression, uh, some suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. um, and, and you know some other things. And they told me that. Uh, I was broken, hmm. that I'd need medication, and um, my best chance of ever having anything like a normal life would be if I could find the right medications. Yeah. And um, About how long after your injury and you were released from the hospital, I mean, did you go see a psychiatrist and a psychologist like... About a month. Oh, okay. So it was pretty soon after. Yeah. Because I knew things were wrong. Yeah. Because I'd get in bed and I'd have flashbacks to being in restraints and and have panic attacks. Uh And um, sometimes I'd think that I would wake up, but I was hallucinating Uh and not really wake up. And then I'd really wake up and I'd still see weird things. Um, The the type of... um, Hallucinations I have are, um, I think the word is hypnagogic. That period between um, when you first wake up Mm -hmm. to when you really wake all the way up. Those are the times that I typically, typically see weird things. That and nighttime. Mm -hmm. I see strange things in the shadows. Um, And I knew that I wasn't the way I I had been. Yeah. And... I wanted to be the way I used to be. Yeah. I wanted to, to be able to do math again. I wanted to, you know, I, uh, being a ventriloquist, I had a lot of scripts memorized and things. I couldn't recall them. I had a, I had a show coming up that I actually had to cancel, and I never cancel shows. Mm-hmm. I had to cancel it because I was rehearsing, and it was gone. There was nothing in there. Hmm. And um, when I get under stress... Still, that's one of the first things that goes is my memory, mm. my recall. Yeah. Um, so we did lots of medications. Okay. Uh, and as you know, those kinds usually take about four weeks before they start doing any benefit if they're going to. Uh-huh. But the side effects kick in immediately. Mm-hmm. And they put me on lots of different things. And nothing worked. Mm. Um one of them made me feel artificially happy, mm-hmm. and that really bothered me. Yeah. Because our our feelings help us interpret the world around us. Mm-hmm. You know, even when when I should have felt sad for someone mm-hmm. or grief, I was happy. <laughs> yeah. And that was wrong. It just wasn't right, and I knew it was right. It felt plasticky and artificial. And then we got to the point where they wanted to put me on Depakote, 
which is a heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. And I was still still super depressed, still anxious, still bipolar, mm-hmm. still everything. Still seeing stuff. Still seeing stuff. And it had been a couple of years. Okay. So I decided that I should go back to my roots, as it were. Go back to the hypnosis and mm-hmm. other modalities. So I fired everybody. Mm. <laughs> I fired everybody. And so and at that time, your team consisted of a psychiatrist, psychiatrist and a psychologist. Psychologist, okay. And you're just like, we're done. I can't yeah, do this I anymore. Said, that's that's it. This is not helping. Mm-hmm. And so I I got back into hypnosis and self hypnosis, mm-hmm. and I learned how to manage my depression through relaxation techniques, mm-hmm. um, visualizations. Um, those those kinds of things, and then one night, I was with I was with a friend. It was about ten o'clock. We were in a park, and I was hallucinating big time. I was seeing things hiding in the trees and jumping from shadow to shadow. And on my way home, <clears throat> I I just spiraled down. I just had this sense of just hating myself. I was so dark. And I just got super depressed and and had such a sense of loathing for myself that when I got home, um, I still had um, a card from my psychiatrist that had a crisis number on the back. Mm -hmm. And I figured that qualified. So I went down in my office in the basement and I called. And this lady answered, who was brilliant. Mm. She was absolutely brilliant. She said, now... Um, you've had panic attacks before. And I said, yeah. She said, do you know how long they typically last? And I said, no. She says, they last about 15 minutes on average. Mm. And she said, knowing that and knowing that they don't actually hurt you, realize that when you have a panic attack, it won't last very long. It'll go away and it's okay. Mm. And so she, just her, it sounds like normalizing that experience. Yeah. And I'd never thought of that before because I didn't understand them. Yeah. And she said, now when you when you spiral down like you are, she said, for whatever reason, that happens because your mind needs to. Hmm. Your brain needs to go to this place. I don't know what it gets there. Don't know why it needs to. But it goes there because it needs to. Mm-hmm. There's something there it needs. Yeah. She said, and realize that it's okay. Hmm. Usually when we get depressed, when we start down spiraling, you fight against it. Mm-hmm. You have that, oh, this is stupid. I don't want to feel this way. This is, And that adds more negative energy to it, makes it deeper, makes it last longer. Mm-hmm. She said, realize that everything you feel is okay. Everything you feel is legitimate. There, there are no feelings that you have that you shouldn't have. She said, and, and when you go down into this dark place, mm-hmm. give yourself permission to go to that place. Realize there's something about it that's necessary. Mm-hmm. You won't be there forever. You know you always come back out. She said, and when you do come back out, give yourself permission to be in a better place. I love that. 
Me too. That's powerful. For the first time, I realized I had some choice in the matter. Mm. I had felt completely out of control. Mm -hmm. These things just happened. I couldn't stop them happening. But I can be okay with them happening. That was the first time I realized that, that my choice could make things better than they were. So you could choose to allow it to be whatever it needed to be. Exactly. Instead of fighting it. Right. Hmm. Realize that it is okay. Mm -hmm. And if I start to get really depressed, it's going to be a Netflix day. Yeah. I know that, and it's okay. And that gave me some control back mm -hmm. without medicine. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not um, against medication. Right. I want to say that. Some people, it's very necessary. Some people find it very beneficial. Mm -hmm. Some people need it to get back on an even keel so they can start exercising choice. I get that. Mm -hmm. And all that's fine. Yeah. My injury came from medication. And so my brain didn't heal with more medication jammed yeah. into it. Mm -hmm. So for you, you needed a very... It seems like it's been a very unorthodox approach. You know, when we just look at like the standard mental health treatment protocol, you know, you get your meds, you do some therapy, and none of that really seemed to work for you. Right. It didn't. It really so you didn't. had to kind of carve out your own path. Right. Okay. And I think everybody does to a certain extent. There's no Definitely. plug and play for mental illness. Everyone's different. Everyone's unique. And the only person that really knows what you're dealing with is you. Mm -hmm. And we have an obligation to research it, mm -hmm. to study it, and to learn how to help ourselves. I love that. And I think, you know, in dealing with my own mental health stuff, with my struggles with depression and anxiety, I mean, education has been critical. Learning what exactly my brain's doing yeah. and, and what are some options. And so then, and again, it's choosing to accept, okay, this is going on. Now what can I do about it? Exactly. I can sit with this, and then I can choose to do what I need to do. Right. Hmm. And then um, a couple months after this experience, mm -hmm. I talked to a, a friend of a friend mm -hmm. who um, was very much into self-help. She's trained in aromatherapy, mm -hmm. um, hypnotherapy, um, acupressure, a Reiki, just all kinds of things. So kind of more energy and holistic. Approach. Yeah, she's very much an energy worker. Okay. Yeah. And we talked for a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't think there's anything wrong with you at all, other than the fact that you need to learn to live life as it is now and to not try to recapture how it used to be. Mm-hmm said, look at life as it is right now, today. Look at it with brand new eyes. Mm -hmm. And realize that you are not broken. You're different than you used to be. And different is a good thing. Mm. He said, your, your loss of math, all those things, let them go. Yeah. She said, forgive yourself your weaknesses. And... Be grateful for your new strengths. Because I, I do have new strengths since my brain injury. Mm -hmm. um, my left hemisphere was hit 
very, very heavily. And so areas of the right hemisphere, which is a creative side, blossomed. I found that I could compose. I've never been able to. I've written a song or two here and there. Yeah. But now I've got three albums. I've written um, the entire soundtrack for two movies. I've never been able to do that before. It's so much fun. I recently found that I can paint. I've never painted in my life other than some paint my numbers. Mm -hmm. And just in the last year, I've been painting. And um, it's been very, very fun. Yeah. I, have a, I have a book of my paintings available on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> How would they find that? Um, look up my name. It's, it's actually called A Brush with, paint, a brush with Art hmm. by Darren Griffin on Amazon. <laughs> nice. I found that there's there's lots of things that I can do that I've never been able to do before. Mm-hmm. I've I've um, written books. I've always wanted to be a writer. Never never been able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. And I've got uh, 27 books in print now. I self publish. Yeah. So it's just you also know. available on Amazon. And, and my story, this story, is is actually in a book called. Uh, Peace Amidst Misunderstanding, Living and Thriving with Mental Illness on Amazon and Audible, because I do my own audiobooks. <laughs> I love it. But I, I found that our greatest disabilities can lead to our greatest abilities. Mm-hmm. And that for every problem we have, there's a gift to offset it. I'm, I'm still bipolar. One, yeah. I, I still have all those issues. Mm-hmm. I wear glasses. I'll wear glasses the rest of my life. I'll be bipolar the rest of my life. And it's all right. Yeah. Mental illnesses don't have to be bad. They're not bad things. They're just things. Mm-hmm. They're a part of being who we are. And who we are is exactly who we want to be. Well, not who we want to be, but they're who we need to be. Yeah. We are exactly right for today. Yeah, I love this. Darren, thank you so much. Absolutely. For joining us today. Glad to. Um, that was a royal us, I guess. Joining us today. Oh, yes, we are we're very <laughs> amused. Thank you. Yes, we yes. are. So if you want to uh, look into any of Darren's works, uh, they are awesome. And they're available on Amazon. Just You can search his name, Darren Griffin. And um, he has lots of stuff available, lots of resources available. Um, I also like to make sure that we're saying thank you to Jonathan Colton for our music. And just remind you to like and subscribe us on iTunes or Google Play and help us get the word out so we can help everyone challenge that stigma of mental health or mental illness and increase our focus on our mental wellness. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and we'll see you next week. Bye! I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about I felt that day when I felt the way that I do right now, right now. I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about I felt that day when I felt the way that I do right now, right now, right now.